Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Idea Roastery. My name's Jason. And I'm Herman. So it's been a while since we've spoken about, I would say, one of our, I wouldn't say it's our favorite topic, uh, because that's reserved for city planning. Uh, but I think it is in top five topics that we, we've spoken about. Uh, and it's and they kind of go hand in hand. They do go hand in hand. And it's, it's, a, it's about electrification. Uh, and one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this is because of a recent experience you had uh, up in Johannesburg, right? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, that experience? So interestingly enough, this experience isn't necessarily about electrification, but it really highlighted um, a few pretty neat things. So Bolt, which is one of the ride-sharing competitors to Uber, imported a whole bunch of these tiny cars into Johannesburg, 10,000 of them. They are called uh, Qutes, Q-U-T-E, and they're built by a company in India called Bajaj. And they're very small. When I say they're very small, I mean like, you know, it's half a lane in width. Surprisingly enough, two front seats, two back seats, which I did not expect when I climbed into one. But so Bolt went and imported about 10,000 of them and rents them out to drivers to use on their platform. What's really neat is that I've always felt, especially when getting a solo uh, rideshare or Lyft with Uber or, or Bolt, is it's me in the back of a pretty big car. And it seems very unnecessary to get from A to B in, in, you know, with so much extra space where the purpose is transport. So anyhow, these are not electric vehicles. Uh, they, I thought they were electric when I first saw them because yeah. they look a lot like the um, microelectric vehicles that are very popular in Chinese cities. Um, they use a, a pretty much a motorcycle engine. Like they don't have, you know, separate slots for your sh gear shifter. It's just shift up, shift down like a motorcycle. Um, but a really neat concept nonetheless. Uh, and I would love to see them come to Cape Town because boy, are they cheap <laughs> to get from A to B. Um, but it really got me thinking about how small, like <laughs> this would be considered a yeah. car, even though it's half the size of a car. And I think it is considered to be a motorcycle in some places, um, just, you know, based on uh, certain things about it. Um, but I would love to see like micro hmm. cars specifically running electricity because that's their best use cases inside of cities, not going long distances, not going at high speeds. Uh, and so you don't have to lug around all that extra battery. It's like the battery equation is similar to the rocket equation. The, the further you want to go, the more weight you have to carry yeah. in batteries. And because you're carrying more batteries, you have to carry more batteries to carry those batteries. Do you think there's like a, I mean, there must be like a shift, right? Uh, because if you look at the equation of, uh, getting around, right? Uh, it's really simple. You just got to have uh, something to carry you uh, to your destination, right? So I, th I think we like the large Ubers that you talk about, where they've got like uh, you know the Priuses and like the really huge sort of Toyota kind of style cars, where you've got loads of space, which kind of makes sense, I guess, in terms of a uh, you know like the London taxi cabs, like getting lots of people in the back uh, and feeling spacious. But if you're really just interested in like traveling by yourself or one or two people just going from A to B. You really don't need that space. And uh, what's really cool and what I was also thinking about is um, th th there's similar cars um, 
like the Citroen, I think it's Citroen Ami. It's about 1.4 meters wide. So it's pretty, pretty uh, small. But what I, I think is cool about small cars and also another technology or semi-related semi is autonomous driving is that because you're like shifting away from sort of smaller engines to say a battery, uh, you've got more space in the actual vehicle. Uh, so my sort of vision or, or thought is that how cool would it be if you have, instead of just having like two lanes with two cars, you could have a normal, you know, sort of, I think a normal lane is about 3.6 meters, right? You could probably split like five Citroen Amis, four or five of them in one lane, right? I mean, one road so with two lanes. Without creating any sort of trains or any sort of new infrastructure, you can actually have more capacity for cars just by shrinking down the size. I'm sure you've seen this image and it's, it goes to show just how space inefficient our modern transport infrastructure is in that it takes um, a picture of different modes of transport and then it removes the modes of transport and just has the people, right? So you'll have like 50 people in cars and then they remove the cars and there's people just like sitting, you know, five to 10 meters behind each other on the road. And then it's yeah. um, 50 people uh, in a bus and then they remove the bus and there's 50 people sitting fairly closely packed together on the road. And it's got like 50 people on bicycles yeah. And you know there, and it's it's a really good representation of how how badly we use space for for transport. Um, one that one thing on that is in Indonesia and a few other parts in Southeast Asia. I'm sure in other parts of the world, I just haven't visited them yet. You can actually order a ride share that is the back of a scooter. So a guy rocks up and he asks you if you yeah. want a helmet. And then if you say yes, he'll reach under his seat and like pull out a really dank helmet. And you you pop that on, hop on the back, yeah. and uh, and off you ride. And that's a very space space efficient way of uh, getting from A to Z, and a very cost effective way uh, from getting from A yeah. to Z. Um, I would uh, I think that the big thing is, and I'm seeing this more and more since I went to Bali now two years ago when I rented that electric scooter, I've been seeing electric scooters everywhere in Cape town. A bunch of delivery vehicles are using like electric tuk-tuks to deliver take a lot orders. Spars delivery uh, services also using electric scooters. And I'm not talking the small like lime scooters. I'm talking, you know, proper sit scooters, like a one, uh, the equivalent of a 125 CC um, scooter. And I'm, I'm, happy to see this because it's the perfect place for electrification and it's also quiet and i'm like one of those people who i i get affected by noise if i'm if the coffee shop is is on the side of a road like i actually don't want to sit there because i just hear meow 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 meow, meow. and uh so i i like it for yeah. that yes i mean being quiet is a is, is a great feature of electric cars and it's quite cool because all it takes i mean from the the bajas and you know those kind of things all it takes is like someone to come along and just say oh we can retrofit these quite easily to just use a battery and instead of having to like re like implement like a new kind of car uh you just basically retrofit and you've got like electric vehicles that people already own and can maybe do a, like a small conversion with so not even a retrofit is is i actually saw a youtube video it was like two days ago there's a 
there's a YouTube channel. Uh, I think his name is Drew, or I might be butchering this. It's like Drew builds everything, or Richie builds it. Some 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 name builds everything. Anyhow, what he did is he took the front part of two like cheap mountain bikes that he got on Facebook Marketplace, and then he welded up a metal frame, and he put three solar panel brackets on it and like an actual seat in there and he built a little steering column and he popped two lithium ion phosphate batteries on there and this thing uh uses some um e-bike hub motors and it uses that same the e-bikes uh uh control system as well and with that thumb throttle it goes you know up to uh 50 kilometers per hour and it drives like 120Ks if the sun's not out. If the sun's out, then it goes, you know, an additional how many Ks. And if you don't use it for a couple of days, it gets up to full full charge. And I'm like, wow, this is something that someone's built in his garage. It's terribly inefficient. Um, imagine we we took, you know, proper yeah. uh, design principles and a bunch of really smart engineers and they all put their heads together and uh, built a really good production version of something like this. Yeah. So what what I yes yeah, so, so what I thought recently is that it's all, like I think we were all like my mind's been changed right because I think we were I was expecting electric cars to come from like the top end high end range right and I think that was because like a couple of years ago battery tech was just so expensive that in order to have like a whole car that could drive you around um you would need to have a lot of money. And so that kind of eliminated this like low end market for electric vehicles. And so we we're all just like, oh, well, when's Tesla going to arrive? When's like, you know, the VW equivalent going to arrive? When's like, and then they're like, oh, well, we don't have charging infrastructure for this. So we'll never get electric vehicles. Um, but what's happened is it's kind of like the technology has gotten really good and really affordable at the low end. And so what we're seeing instead is that the low end is, I mean, the battery too, as well as like solar charging, right? So like those two pairs, that pair is basically coming in from below in like the lower market. So we're almost seeing electrification come from like the low end market first. And then eventually we will get like, you know, the, the sort of EVs that we see in European and US uh, regions. Well, that's, that's exactly it is that, uh, we the the problem with having such big battery packs for your Teslas and your your BMWs and all of that is that it is also an infrastructure problem because you have to have that charging infrastructure everywhere and it's not like you know just plug it into your to your home lines if you want to have a charging system at home you have to get that installed and then if you're on a road trip or you're at the offices you have to go and scout out a, a charging station these are still few and far between and they're proprietary and i mentioned to you when i was in the canary islands that i actually couldn't charge an electric car that i that i rented because there were so many different brands and every time i downloaded the app i couldn't authenticate it because i wasn't a spanish citizen uh, mm -hmm. And I'm like, imagine having to provide your identification every time you went to go and fill up petrol. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but no, they want to have all that information so they can market to you and blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, mm -hmm. so what we're definitely seeing is we're seeing these, these smaller vehicles that don't require charging infrastructure because you can charge them at home. You can theoretically charge them at the coffee shop or like the... Uh, 
the scooter I rented in, in Bali where you can literally just hot swap it at any circle K that has the charging uh, station, you know, stuck outside the door over there. And that's, that's so cool. So one of the interesting stats is that e-bikes have led to a sharper decline in uh, internal combustion engine emissions than the electrification of actual cars because people are just like, oh, bicycling isn't hard anymore. You know, it used to take effort and now it's essentially just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a motorcycle. It's a, it's a bicycle with a motor. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing more like, like uh sort of <laughs> annoying when you're cycling around London and then someone like, like overtakes you in like one of these like sort of line bikes or scooters and yeah. almost like double the speed. And you can just see that they've never actually pedaled in their life. <laughs> so um, yeah, I know what you mean in terms of like overtaking and also like just yeah the the the, the delivery sort of aspect is um also driving that because as the world becomes sort of more focused around e-commerce and like you know online purchases like people are expecting to have deliveries like to their door right no one's going to go to, to the post office to go pick up their package anymore um but i guess that also leads to to maybe the the, the sort of last piece of the puzzle and that's just really about security and safety i guess uh because i i do uh think that when you have these kind of smaller vehicles around there is like you know a higher uh propensity for like theft um so i think in order to get like to these sort of ideals we do need to have uh you know at least the ability to you know use these things in a in a, in a safe way right not just from like uh you know someone stealing all of your uh you know shopping goodies um but also just if you were to have like your own e-bike like you don't want to like be cycling along like a really busy road right so um kind of like yeah. still having the infrastructure to facilitate it um what's nice in 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 london is that in certain areas there are actual like lanes for cycle bicycles and what you see is like you get those kind of delivery cycle vans um also making use of those things. And so you can actually get a faster delivery system using cycling than if you were using like a car, right? Because you'd have to abide by the traffic rules. So now what we're doing is we're, we're, we're tiptoeing back into this whole, you know, city design topic, but <laughs> yeah, it goes hand in hand. So, so the cycle lanes are great. Um, a, fully walkable and cyclable city with restricted car access is even better. And the nice thing about that um, is that it's actually really, really easy to do. It's just politically suicide in a lot of places to, you know, tell car owners that they can't drive in certain parts. Right. So like, uh, let's take, for instance, Cape Town. Theoretically, it's super easy to go and put some concrete planters at the top and bottom of Bree Street and just say, Bree Street is now a uh, walking street, walking and cycling and all the other things, right? Um, maybe you could have one way to get onto Bree Street with a with a boom uh, for deliveries or for people who live there and so are allowed to go to their garage or something like that. But theoretically, we could just turn Bree into a, into a walking cycling street. And so that's what actually happened last night. Uh, it was the last first Thursday of the year for context. First Thursday is a uh, the first Thursday of each month. All the galleries and 
art installations and everything in Cape Town open up to the public for free. And you can go and you can look at art and go to bars. And there's a new bar called Barcade, which is actually just an arcade for adults. Um, and so all of these things were open and booming last night. And all of Bree Street, uh, which is a fairly long and busy street, was completely cordoned off. And it was just awesome. The same thing happened last week, but in Seapoint. So we're seeing these road closures kind of taking effect because people are realizing, hey, you know what's really nice? Not having cars around. Yeah, yeah. And and it's I feel it's not like, I mean, it's maybe a little bit far off, but if you look at other really congested cities like um, Amsterdam, what they do is they just have a, a really large parkade outside of the sort of main city. And then to get around, you basically rely on either bicycle bicycles, walking, that kind of stuff. And what I've seen recently is there's, there's a company in the UK that's working on um, autonomous vehicles too. So if you combine like a small, like, uh, you know, like a Baja or, or similar kind of vehicle with uh, just being able to like get in and it just drives you to wherever you want to go, plus the extra density, like road density. I mean, you could have a pretty, I think, efficient system in terms of you just park your car near CTICC or wherever, and then you just get like one of these little autom autonomous vehicles to like taxi you mm. to anywhere in Cape Town. And because there will be no cars, they'll it'll all be autonomous. So all the cars will know, like they'll have like a swarm uh, system. And so you won't need any tooting, right? So that that, that will solve your, yeah. your sort of uh, having coffee outside conundrum. Uh, well, so I, I also like that idea because one of the biggest problems with full-size car autonomous vehicles is that when cars go wrong, people die, right? Whereas if this is small scale and the maximum speed it reaches is the same speed that you can get on a bicycle, like worst case scenario is it hits someone hard enough to cause injury, right? Then that's that's bad, but it's not like, you know, an SUV collides with a person and, you know, that they're completely dead yeah. straight away. And so operating at slower speeds, um, smaller vehicles mean a lot less inertia, a lot less force transfer. And so I can definitely see that as being a much better form of autonomy than, than big boy cars. Um, but also like, you know, what's a really good autonomous vehicle, like trams, right? I mean, you've been, you've yeah. been to Amsterdam. It's like, if Amsterdam did not have the thought and effort put into their walking cycling and tram infrastructure the city would be unusable just because of how densely packed that population is it, if people were just trying to drive around in cars it would be gridlocked all day it would be like nigeria right i think it's got a similar population density to to lagos and lagos yeah. whenever you meet a nigerian person like a really good topic of conversation is you just ask them how the traffic in Lagos is and they will go off on a rant. They're like, oh man, it took me four hours to get home. Boop, 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 boop. And so that's a good example of dense population where they're like, okay, it's a free for all. We're, we're not going to have any governmental interventions into creating sustainable transport systems. Yeah. I like the idea of a tram just getting you from like sort of city bowl level up to maybe uh like the cableway station because that that could be like a quite cool i mean when they go up a side of the mountain they're call, called like a vernacular. vernacular that's it that's it um so it would be quite cool to have like an alternative way just to 
get you up the hills. Cause I think you, you mentioned, we spoke about it the other day is that, yeah, just, you, you do have some meaty hills in, uh, in, in Cape town. So you do need to, you know, if you've got two or three people in the back of like a small battery powered car, uh, you might see a few people struggle, um, to get all the way up. I mean, it's not just, not just mechanized, uh, that's difficult is my, my mom was visiting for the past four days. She was attending a conference here in Cape town and she's, uh, 69, uh, well, she'll be 69 in January and she walks about 10 Ks every day, right? Just for fun. She wakes up early. She has a cup of coffee. She goes for like a two hour long walk. Um, and then she gets back home shower starts her day whatever and it's been awesome she started doing it during the pandemic she shed a whole bunch of weight she's in the best um the best health relative to her age that i've uh you know that i've seen it's great however she was here in cape town and yesterday uh we went for a walk uh, to a local cafe and I didn't realize just how steep my neighborhood was because my mom's like, wow, listen, I, <laughs> you're going to have to slow down over here. These are these are pretty steep up and downs. Um, so, yes, it is difficult to to walk around certain parts of the yeah. city over here. Whereas my sister lives in Pinelands and Pinelands is flat as a, a particularly flat thing. I mean, I mean, you could, I think we may be being a bit biased towards this, the city bowl too, but I, I guess if you are out in the suburbs, you, you probably wouldn't have these kind of issues. But I think from a, I mean, even if you have like a good tram or a good sort of fast way of moving, you could just go around the, the mountains rather than going over Kloofnik, right? You could just go around, you know, the, the same way that cars mostly go if they're coming in from the, from the end too. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that could, that, that could be solved at a later stage. One of the things that I saw in, uh, I think it's in Finland is on cycle routes that go up a steep hill, there's a little elevator that just has a, like a platform to put your foot on. So you can be cycling up to there and then you get to the elevator and you put your foot on the elevator and you're still sitting oh, on wow. the bike and it pushes you up the hill, um, That'd be cool. which if you think about it is actually a rally um energy efficient way of getting people uphill because you're not building an entire lift yeah. system it's just literally carrying that platform the person and their bicycle so i mean i think there's a lot to be excited about uh the maybe the last question as as we end off is like how long is this going to take are we going to going to see this reality soon or what do you think is the timeline between sort of i would say like let's let's say 50% of the vehicles in Cape Town are electrified. I think we're going to see it really fast. And I'm not just not just because I'm a techno optimist. The recent advances with battery technology, and there have been a lot in just this past year. Um, you're seeing auto manufacturers starting to switch to sodium ion batteries because sodium is a lot more abundant than lithium. It's actually incredibly abundant. We've seen a change in the... Um, separator membrane we've seen experiments with different cathode and anode materials we've seen completely different uh, battery compositions entirely like toyota is coming out with a solid state battery vehicle 2024 and once electric vehicles become cost competitive to purchase they are already incredibly cost competitive to drive based purely on the fact that electricity is cheap um, compared to petrol, 
And also, they require less maintenance, they break down less because fewer moving parts, etc, etc, etc. So they're incredibly reliable comparatively. And so once they cost as much as ICE vehicles, and there's no reason outside of the batteries that they shouldn't, they should actually be cheaper, then it's it's just how it goes. You're gonna buy. You're gonna buy electric. Yeah, and I, I think like solar. Um, I did also see there's a there's like a quantum uh, minibus taxi that they want to bring in. That's also like fully electric. I think those technologies coupled with like price of fuel, uh, inflation, like all of these other factors that are like driving some efficiency in how um, that industry operates. It's going to lead to kind of an acceleration into that, right? Because if you're looking at paying petrol price and it's increasing pretty steadily over the last couple of years with no real indication that it's going to go down, it's it's kind of like the the test uh, like Teslas and like um, Priuses were back in the past. It becomes like a like a no brainer, especially if you're mm-hmm. in in this sort of ride sharing economy as well. I think the only reason why there aren't that many sort of hybrids in um, South Africa is just because they don't really manufacture the Priuses there, right? And all the European countries have all taken them. But if that was an option, I think majority of the Ubers would be hybrid at least. And I think it becomes just cost effective to just have an electric vehicle and maybe just like you could even charge it like from your own solar panels on your roof um, wherever you live. Um on that note, there is a rollout of solar vehicle charging stations that's coming to South Africa starting construction next year. So that's pretty cool as well. It's just a big route. It's a it's a parking area that has, uh, you know, straight straight charging. We've seen those solar panels on top of the um, shopping center uh, parking lots, right? So yeah, um, that's basically gonna you know just be like a, a charging station while you you get your shop um if you even go to get your shop because you'll just be able to get it delivered right yeah um so yeah i think it's going to be i would say like about maybe like three three to five years i think we're going to start seeing a lot of them in three to five years but i think within 10 years we're going to start seeing a potential majority and that's just based purely on the fact that it takes about 10 years for us to like if you look around south africa right now I'd say most of the cars are built post 2010, but not all of them, you know, but most of them. So if we say, let's be really optimistic and say from next year, it becomes cost competitive, um, then it will only really be in 2033 that we start seeing most cars be uh, electric. Well, yeah. So, so we can scope it into just the, the mobility industry, right? Like getting around. Cause I mean, there's a whole sort of transportation and, and logistics that, we can kind of leave to another conversation but i think for like at least us getting around um you know suburbs or you know bigger cities i think it'll be like you know within three years three to three to five years and uh on that note go out and buy yourself an electric bike and uh if you're feeling particularly adventurous just uh leave us a review for this podcast send us an email Um, tell your friends about us and have a spectacular weekend.